Madrid podcast. I'm going out because I need to change my life. Yes. What's going on, guys? It's Adam here from the Bottle Drip Podcast. Welcome to BDP 70. The only reason why I know that is because last week was 69. You can't get that number out of your mind. <laughs> I hope you guys are doing well. Today, we're going to be talking about this thing of why is it that everyone else seems to have this journey so much easier than you when it comes to social dynamics, when it comes to dating, when it comes to just interacting with people. You know, this is something I hear all the fucking time. You know, Adam, why is it so much easier for my brother? Why is it so much easier for my friends? Why is it that I only seem to be one, the one struggling with this thing of being able to bring girls in for casual relationships, monogamous relationships, just casual sex, just going out and bringing girls into my life? Why is it that I am the only one that struggles with this? And I know those feels. I know those feels. You know, I'm the first one to empathize with those of you that feel like, why is it just me? Because, you know, and there's a bit of a lonely sense of things that come with that. You know, I was shouting out, um, not shouting out, I was talking uh, back and forth. I think it was on YouTube comments. It might have been an email with one of my other clients. Uh, shout out to B if he's uh, listening to this. And he was talking, no, he said, yeah, that's right. He sent me some messages on Instagram. Shout out to the gram, at Tang one Slap me DM there. And, you know, he was asking me, like, did I ever get lonely along the journey? Because it feels like just going out day after day on your, and he's doing solo game as well, which is what I recommend uh, for the most part. You know, it's interesting, actually, this is a bit of a tangent, but you could go back to some of my older videos. And I, I swear, I swear, I am sure that I remember myself saying that for the most part, you want to be going out 80% of the time with wings and 20% of the time on your own, solo. I think I even said that in the solo video. I could have said that in the solo video of how the importance of solo pickup. But nowadays, my mind has changed on that. And that is such as the nature of growing and learning, especially as a coach, as my own development, just getting to see more guys and seeing how guys respond. And what I've found is that the guys that can stick it out on their own, I know it's a bit of a tangent, but I'm sure you guys would get something from this. We're still setting up this bottle. We're still setting up the intro. Hold your horses, mate. Uh, those of you that can go out and you can hang it solo, and from what I've seen from my students that have come through boot camp that can actually tough it going through it solo, they seem to have the legs in the long term. You know, it's the guys that rely upon their wings, and I was like that. I was like that when I was first coming up. You know, even though uh, Matt and Jordan and Roy, you guys are amazing wings, uh, I definitely relied on you guys way too much. And it wasn't until I recognized that within myself and I said, well, actually, I have to learn how to do this on my own that I actually start to really come into a sense of my own, really start to develop my understanding of how do I really respond in these scenarios? How do I really respond in these situations where I don't have my best mate over my shoulder? I don't have my best mate just around the corner who is waiting for me to come back and go, Jordan, Jordan, this is what happened. This is what happened. Yeah, so it's those of you that can actually go out and hang it in tough, hang it solo that I feel like those guys and bootcamp students I've talked to after bootcamp that actually managed to go through a 30-day challenge on their own per se. Those are the guys that seem to learn faster, hang it, hang it longer in this journey. Anyways, the reason why I was going into that is because this guy I was talking about, V, he's been going out a lot on his own solo and he was just asking me, like, how did I deal with the loneliness? Because he was saying he's feeling lonely. Now, let me just say this, basically how I responded to him was saying that I personally never really dealt with loneliness in the way he was talking about. 
I never felt lonely along the beginning of my journey. Now, I had wings to begin with, but even when I did step into the more solo part of my journey, as we all start to separate uh, for different reasons, uh, not bad blood or anything like that, just for different reasons, different paths in life, go down different ways. And a large part of my, I would say the last three years or maybe the last four years of my going out has just been solo. And I never really feel lonely. In fact, it's the complete opposite. And as well as saying it be, I feel the complete opposite when it comes to this because I feel more included. I feel like as you go out and you start to meet more girls, you start to bring more girls into your life, uh, into your life and you start to meet their friends. And not only that, that's just like the direct result of you going out and meeting people. But then all the indirect results of that, all the ways in which that, okay, when you're stepping onto the plane or you're stepping up to get your green tea at, at the coffee shop or whatever, and you just decide, hey, I'm going to have a conversation with this person. I'm going to actually say, hey, how are you to this person? The power of how are you is a little mini article I wrote on Instagram of this great interaction I had on an airplane where I just blew this girl's, oh, this actually lady's mind, uh, just actually genuinely asking someone, how are you? Which most people don't have the wherewithal to do. Most people don't have the courage to do. Most people don't have the courage to stop a line of people behind them and say to this lady, yeah, how are you? Even though, even though it seems so simple of what I'm saying right now. And I know I know we've gone down this tangent. Don't worry. I know we're still setting up this potter. My head is still with it. It's just that I need to tie this shit up. And so I always felt more included. I felt like, holy shit, the oyster of the world has been opened. And look at this pearl. Look at this pearl that is waiting before me, which that I can interact with anyone and everyone at any moment, any given moment in time. And that's what was the power of this journey was for me. So I never felt really lonely even though I was going out a lot on my own still to this day going out a lot on my own but tagging here now this is the whole reason why I went into this this story with V I've got this other email was this and that's where this photo comes from so really get in the context here of why we're doing this today is because I got this photo from a guy who I'm not even going to use his first name um he knows who he is it's a little too personal for it there's too many personal details I'll probably read out the email as well and he was asking me the, the fine point question of why is it that everyone else seems to just get this shit? Why is this easier for most other people and not me? And so let me let me preclude and prelude those of you that thought you were going to come to this poto thinking that we're just going to sit here and talk for 45 to 60 minutes on why it's okay that everything's harder for you and why it's okay that you're fucking up and why your life isn't where it should be and why the state of your relationships and the state of your day in life isn't where it should be. You, and you thought we were going to sit here and talk about why that's all okay for the next 45 to 60 minutes. And uh uh <laughs> I don't think so, mate. What we're going to do, and this is what this is going to be. This is not, this is not going to be some deep analysis of all the different reasons to do with your background, to do with your race, to do with your physical disposition, to do with, your social upbringing, and these are all the reasons, and we're just gonna, we're just gonna get all, I don't know, pity dicked into getting into these reasons for why shit is harder for you and why that's okay. You know that that's not what this is gonna be. What we're gonna do is is that I'm gonna give you some brief ideas as to where maybe the holes have come from, whether they were you know much further back or whether it's something new that you're doing. Maybe it's something you're doing right now. And so I will shine some light on where the holes may be coming from. But we're not going to spend that much time on that because that's not how I roll. 
Because at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter. And that's what I was getting into this email with, and I cut a real fine tooth with this guy. Uh, I could remember not to use his name. That I'm pretty much saying that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, right? You can complain about life's circumstances and the state of your life all you want, but it, it doesn't change anything. So that's that's where we're going with this. This is not going to be some 45, 60 minute pity dick session. No, sir. No, sir. We're going to be looking at what we can do to change it. You know, it's it's okay to look at why things may be the way they are, but that doesn't change them. We need to go ahead and create an action plan to change them because that's one of my favorite things to say is that nothing changes unless you do. Nothing changes unless you do. I get really passionate when I say that because I mean, it's so true on so many levels. So let me bust out this email. That was a long as shit intro. Uh, I did, I thought this potter would might be like a 30 minute potter maybe because, or a really short one because we're coming in super impromptu. Like this is, it's like 3.45 on a Wednesday. Normally, first off, we record these potters first thing in the morning and normally like I've, I've done some other shit. I, I've, I've eaten. Normally I'm fasted when I'm doing these potters, but I've eaten, son. So everything's weird about the way we recorded this potter, but uh, such is the case that I'm like, fuck it, I want to do it anyway. Okay, so I'm going to read out this email. I'm going to read out where this came from. And it's actually, there's a, it's part of a bigger email of him just complaining about a lot of things to do with his life. I'm not going to read out all that shit. I'm just going to read out this one thing that's very pertinent to what we're talking about today. So he goes, I know the simple answer is to just go out and meet girls. But why is it everyone around me can meet people through friends or all the other mainstream ways to meet? That's and then the rest of the email goes into complaining about more things about his friends and family, da da da. But basically, there, you know, I know the simple answer is just to go out and meet girls, bang, straight on there. But why is it everyone around me can meet people through friends or all the mainstream ways uh, to meet? And so again, so essentially, what he's doing there, this entire email was a complaint email, it was just complaining about how things suck, how life sucks, and how everything's harder for him, and how this doesn't work for him, and how this isn't going right. This was just one part of it. And you guys want my response? My response was this. If I was you, I'd consider this. Nothing changes unless you do. You can complain about life and its circumstances all you want, but that doesn't change anything. Much peace and much joy, Adam. So that's how that's how that's how many fucks I give about people that complain. That's how many fucks I give about harvesting on the complaint mentality. Right? It's not that I don't care about this guy. It's that I do not care for the mentality that he is coming at me with. It is not resourceful. It is not efficient. It is not beneficial in any way, shape, or form to just sit there and look at all the way, all the reasons for why things aren't the way or why they could not be better for you. Like it, because it doesn't change anything. That that email he sent me, it doesn't change anything. Because what he's looking for, essentially, essentially what that dude's looking for, and i got to reset this cam, so let me get into that. Hold up a sec. So the response he's waiting for from me essentially is like, yes, well, it's it's because um, it's because your parents fucked you up. Um, it's because your friends fucked you up in high school or it's because this thing happened or your girlfriend cheated on you or because of this. And because of all that, that's why it's harder for you and easier for everyone else. So now you don't need to take action because you've got this chip. You've got this chip that isn't even really a chip. Because really, if you think about it, a chip on the shoulder actually makes most people want to go ahead and walk around with that chip and walk around, aka take action with it. But so it's not even a chip. That's the wrong way of saying it. It's like now that I know why 
it's easier for everyone else and why it's harder for me. I can use that as an excuse. I, here we go. I can use that as a crutch. That's what I should have said. I can use that as a crutch for as to why I cannot take the same level of action required as maybe for someone that has it a little bit easier than me, circumstantially, environmentally, history-based wise. That's what he's waiting for there for me. It's like a great, it's like almost like a green light. It's like a, it's like a go past, go collect your $200 type thing here that I'm trying to get at, which I just don't fuck with. I'm never going to give someone that pass because listen, there is always someone who's got it way worse than you that's doing way better than you, which it's like so hard for the ego to accept that. You know, there are people out there that have got ridiculously tough circumstances that are killing it in life that are doing the best they can do. And like you're sitting here complaining about why people might have it easy, why your social circle has it easier in terms of meeting girls than you. And it's like you're there complaining about that in this life. That's why, the, and what I'm doing right now is I'm, respect, I'm explaining my response to him as to why it was so sharp and so short because it really required nothing else. You know, I don't sugarcoat shit. So that's that. Now, let me move away from that because that's the context now. That's what you guys can understand that. You can understand why we're talking about this today. You can understand the passion behind it. Now let's get into really the main meat, the main dish, so to speak. Let's get in that. Get in that backstrap, that medicine backstrap. <laughs> Such a tasty cut if you cook it right. Rosemary, butter. Okay, we'll get on garlic. We'll get into too much of a tangent here. Let's stay focused, Adam. Uh, okay, so let's look at that. Let's look at that. Why is it in general that for guys that come into this community, and this is one thing I want to explain from the get. When I talk about the community or when I talk about guys that come into this journey of looking at, well, I don't seem to find it very easy to get a girlfriend or to get laid, or to even just relate to the opposite sex in any way, shape, or form. That seems to be really tough for me. When I'm talking about guys that are coming into this journey of developing that, it is by comparison and by relativity, very, very small. It's very easy for us in the com- in the community to feel like the community is everyone, and that that is the way the entire world operates. For the most part, it's not. I- it's very hard to put a percentage number on it. But if you were to go up to 100 people on the street, depends on the street, of course, but let's just take 100 people on Oxford Street, London, or, or Madison, or maybe Union Square in New York. Think of a very highly populated area where you're going to get a good cross-section. Not your hometown in Nebraska, or not your hometown in Adelaide. But let's just take you know, a mainstream city. If you were to go up to like 100 people or maybe even 1,000, let's just keep it 100 easy for my mind that doesn't do well with maths. Let's take like 100 people and you go up and ask all of them, do you have an issue with socializing and meeting new people? And if so, what action or have you taken action to go and rectify that? I would say maybe 10, maybe 10. And I think that's pushing it. I think that's pushing it. I think even 10 out of 100, 10% that would say, yes, I do have an issue with socializing. I do have an issue with dating. I do have an issue with relating to the opposite sex. And that's the first part. That's the first part. And I have taken action to rectify that. I feel like, I feel like maybe it might even be just 10% for those that are willing to acknowledge that they have an issue with social dynamics. That might be 10%, but then I think the number gets even smaller. I think the number gets even more shriveled down to maybe like two, maybe two, two out of 100 that will actually take 
a concerted proactive action such as I'm going to go ahead and watch YouTube videos. I'm going to go ahead and listen to Adam's podcast and then actually take action and then actually do a 30-day challenge and then go out and meet girls on the street, then go out into the club sober and meet girls in the club and then go to seminars, go to seminars, go to boot camps, da-da-da, do all this different stuff and keep journals and and acquire new friendships and acquire new professional relationships with coaches and do everything I could possibly can to take action in this area of my life to rectify that which needs to be rectified. I feel like that number is so much smaller. That's probably like two out of a hundred. So the reason why I'm going into this is for perspective. Perspective. <laughs> for perspective, my friends. Don't get P-E-R. I know. I was just doing that for fun. For perspective, when I say the community and we're referring to these people, it's very, very small. The guy that sent me this email and I, I just like to remind people of that. I like to reflect on that, which I don't, you know, it's just, I think it's good to know. I think it's good for people just to have your, have the, have your, uh, have the calibration. Let's just say that. Let's just have your mind calibrated. So what the fuck we're even talking about here? So we got that. Now, so when, it, why is it harder for those people than say the other 95 to 98% of people? Why is that? Well, let's look at the main things. Let's look at the main things. And we're not going to spend too long on this. And actually, what I would like to spend more time on is why I was, why I even had to get into this by all accounts. And that's actually a very interesting story because I wasn't your typical case. I wasn't a hard case. I, I was actually trending towards being more of a natural from all of my years up to year 10. It's when I took a big nosedive in year 10, year 10, year 11, year 12, is where I, my story really begins because that's when I took a huge nosedive in my social skill set. And uh, especially for those younger ver- versions of you, younger versions of you, for those of you younger human beings out there listening, that might offer you some uh, guidance, some advice. But I'm going to save that. Let's just stay on like the general ideas. So the first thing that pops to mind, why things might be easier, sorry, why things might be harder for you. Well, definitely your upbringing. Definitely, you know, there's the Jim Rohn quote, you are the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. I've been saying that for the last five, six years, just referencing that quote because it's so fucking true, right? Now, for most of your upbringing, who is your surrounding? Who is your closest five people? Well, it's your family. So let's look at that. Is your family social? Is your family outgoing? Now, look at it. It's not just any one thing. Because you might be there, and I know this guy who sent me this email, I think he has a pretty social family. I think his family goes out quite a bit and, and they do outgoing things. So it's not necessarily just one thing. So don't get like, don't get bogged down. Don't get stuck in the mud here with me uh, psychologically and think, well, well, it's not that one thing. So it couldn't be, you know, well, just hang on. Let me explain it all. I'll explain the main things. You know, if you don't have a social family, if you don't have parents that are even just positive and supportive, even to the smallest shit, it can be the smallest thing as to whether your dad and mom actually push you forward and support you in uh, experimenting and just being a little bit different, just doing things a little bit different, a little outside of the box. And do they push you in that direction? And more importantly, because maybe not every parent, you could have pretty social parents and pretty outgoing parents to want you to do things that are slightly different, things that are slightly crazy. But even more so than that, do you have parents that are actually pushing you in the other direction? Were your parents suppressive, oppressive, locked down, don't want you to try anything different? In fact, would prefer you to be wrapped in cotton wool, would prefer for you to just stay over in the lines, Jimmy, 
Stay within the fucking lines. And don't you dare step out. Don't you dare try express. Don't you dare try to become a more creative version of yourself. No, you just, you just sit there with your fucking apple. <laughs> you sit there with your fucking apple and your fucking mathematics book. And you do your math problems, right? That's uh, it's just hilarious. But I, I like to make fun of these deep, dark situations because I guess that's how we deal with things in humor. But I know that shit's real. I know that shit's real. I know kids commit suicide because of that. That's not real. Uh, sorry, I mean, that's not um, that's nothing to be joked about. That's nothing to be laughing about. But I know this type of oppression can lead to that. But I know we're trying to keep things fun. So if you hear me, if you hear me making jokes, it's not at the expense of other people intentionally. My apologies if you've been through some deep, dark shit and you felt offended. But, I mean, let's be honest here, you should not be listening to this potter if you do get offended easily. So, so that's what's more important to me. If you want to look at this type of stuff, when I'm looking at my clients, when I'm diving into my client's history, I'm looking at what were their upbringings like? Because who they're surrounded with when they were first coming up, that is generally speaking most of their conditioning in most of their formative years, which is probably the most important conditioning you'll go through in your entire life. From when you begin conscious awareness of yourself, what's that, three to five years old, depending on your development, all the way up into 18 years old, especially in the first five, maybe five to 10, five to 12, how you were brought up, how you were raised, who you're surrounded with, that's really going to set up your social, what I refer to as your social default point, right? Your social set point as to where you are on the scale of zero to 10, 10 being absolutely natural, zero being the hardcore of all hard cases, let me just reset this camp. Now, I just want to wrap up this point on the family and the people you're surrounded with, with something I was trying to say before, but I don't think I really nailed it as hard as I could have, but I just want to do it now. The reason why I said it's more important to look at where your parents more oppressive versus supportive, you know, non-supportive versus supportive is because, you know, you can have a lot of neutral parents and those kids will turn fine. You know, they're not necessarily like fucking got barbecues happening every weekend and you got tons of friends coming around all the time and there's always Larry from over the street and his kids are coming around and you're always doing something. You don't necessarily have to have that upbringing to be a more natural, uh, to have a more natural social skill set. But what's more important to me and what I've seen across more people is that it's particularly the guys that had non-supportive, not, not supportive, not neutral, but non-supportive. Parents that didn't that actually tried to push them in the darker direction and wouldn't allow them to express, wouldn't allow them to uh, to blossom, I guess, in a way. Those guys, I feel like I've seen a lot of those guys that have come my way that really struggle with socializing just because at a young age, they were taught that that socializing and socializing in a free way, just not what we do. It's not what we do. And if that's how you've been conditioned from the up, from the upbringing, Hey man, that's a hard thing to turn around. That's a long process to turn around. And then, so you're going to look at that, but even within the people you're surrounded with, you've got to look at culture then. Then you've got to look at culture because by all stretches, the Australian culture by the world scale is known as a very laid back culture. Aussies, we're known as a laid back culture. Look at our language. G'day. That's how we address people. We say g'day, man, right? Even look at that. What is g'day? What G? apostrophe day it's because we're too lazy to say good day right as the british would say good day sir we, we wouldn't even say that we're saying g'day mate right that we're so lazy that we abbreviate the the english language like we don't even want to take the effort to say good day that's our language like, we're so we're so laid back in that way our culture is by i guess general terms 
very laid back compared to other cultures, but not compared to all cultures, but I guess you want to compare it to the British culture or the US culture. Australian culture is definitely more laid back. So shouldn't be shouldn't every guy that's brought up in Australia, shouldn't he be socially a little bit more free, socially a little bit more available? Shouldn't his social skill set be a little bit better? Not necessarily because it's culture within parents as well. Because Australians, like listen, true Australians are Aboriginals, right? Now, anyone else who was born within Australia has got something else within them. They've either got British in them, they've got US in them, now is more the case. You've got some type of Asian in them because Asia's starting to take over Australia, like myself. You know, so there's other influences going on. And so my to my larger point here, which is that culture, culture, how your culture is raised up. You know, I if I look at my analytics and my metrics, most of you guys are from the US, then it's followed by the UK, then it's Australia, then it's Canada, and then it's every other country after that. And when you look at US and UK culture, very heavily suppressed socially. Like socially, stay within your box, stay within your line. Don't do anything different. Just sheep, just herd. If you were the natural born football player, hey, great for you. But if you weren't, then you stay in your fucking room and you eat that apple and you do the maths, right? That's that's how most Western society is. So you've got to look at that as to why it might be harder for you. That's maybe one thing. Another thing could be, let's look at the physical. Let's look at what you physically look at, look like. This is something that, I guess a lot of people don't like to talk about. I guess a lot of people don't like to admit maybe, which is that, yeah, right? If you, there is a genero-type, there is a stereotype of attractiveness. What is attractive? And if you are going to sit there and say that attractive people don't have it easier when it comes to socializing, you're fucking nuts. You're fucking crazy because it is, right? Even... Even the most, some of the most natural friends I have, natural people I've met that were socially still a little bit inept, people will give them a pass for that. You get a pass being six foot three, jacked, Caucasian. You get a pass in this society for that. Girls will, girls will put up with way more for guys who are socially inept but still have that, that where they won the lottery physically, as guys will do for girls as guys will do for girls. We will give a society's 10 a bit of a pass if she's socially inept, if she's logically inept, right? Guys will give them a pass because of how they look. And that's like, you can just draw that back. Well, Adam, that's not fair. Tough shit. That's life, right? That's life. If you were, if you struck the lottery of physicality in this life, then that's what happened. If you didn't, then that's what happened. Now you can maximize. You can maximize your natural uh, abilities, your natural, your physique. You can natural ma- maximize your hygiene, your fashion to bump you, bump you up a couple points. But listen, if you weren't born looking like Brad Pitt, I'm sorry, you weren't born looking like Brad Pitt. So these are other things. Why am I bringing this up? Is because if you if you go to a social circle, if everyone you've been surrounded with for the most part, maybe because you don't look like that generotype I just mentioned, that stereotype I just mentioned. And maybe then, and actually more so because neutral, I would say anywhere between like an average dude and above, that doesn't really apply to what I'm talking about. It's guys that are kind of, what's the, what's the reverse of, un, it's not unaverage, but there you go, below average. For those that are below average looking, right? For those that have uh, cystic acne, for those that are really short, for those that are super overweight for those that were just born with all of the counter 
attractive traits, you would say. It's more for those guys that, yeah, they got to deal with this. They got to deal with this because, listen, I'm here to say that it is much harder socially to be someone who is unattractive off the get. It is, right? There's, because, listen, as, as a tribe, you got to think about this tribally. And we're going to go with this, but I like to explain. I like to explain all angles. Because now some of you might be thinking, well, then of course it's hard, harder for me of girls. Yes, it is. But that doesn't mean you don't try. And that doesn't mean you don't work. And that doesn't mean you can't evolve yourself. Like, hold on. Hold on a second. Don't, don't get all like depressed and all like fucking pissing your pants now because I've now explained the harsh reality of things. But listen, if you're a five foot four Asian dude that's like 200 kilograms overweight, 200 kilograms is a bit excessive. Let's just drop that to 100 kilos. Let's say you're 100 kilos overweight. You're five foot four Asian dude, cystic acne, terrible haircut, terrible fashion, right? Just no social skills whatsoever. It's going to be harder for you to socialize with attractive girls just based on the fact of how you look. That is really hard to accept for a lot of guys. It is. It's really hard to accept for a lot of guys that their looks and what they were born of as a natural default set could affect how they relate and socialize with people. But all you have to do is go to kindergarten. All you have to do is go and sit in on a year five to year seven class and look at which tables the kids sit at. Just go. Like, I still remember, and you don't even have to go because that's fucking weird. Like, don't just go walk into primary schools. But you just have to recall back to your primary, uh, your primary upraising you're in from primary school, from high school. Just go and look at at recess and at lunch. Look at the types of kids that hang out with the types of kids, right? Generally speaking, the more naturally attractive kids gravitate to hang around with the more naturally attractive kids. The cool kids hang out with the cool kids. This is not something new. This is not some new shit that I'm talking about, right? It's it's and you, there's many reasons for why this might come up. I like to think of it on an evolutionary based sense. I like to think of it in the most harshest and brutal way, which is that we only want the best genes procreating. That's that's my best. That's the one that I like to go with the most as to what I feel like is the most logical reasoning for why it is easier for more naturally attractive people to socialize and get social skills a little bit more easily. And if you look at it, it makes sense. It makes sense because our race and the entire world, like all of the natural phenomena around us, from what we can see to the best of our knowledge, has one mode of operation, and that is evolve, right? All we need, it's not even about happiness. It's not about subjective happiness at all. In fact, we've got a lot of things about us that don't necessarily make us subjectively happy, like our over-level of paranoia, but that helps us because it means we don't die. We should be paranoid of things, and we should be slightly pessimistic of things because that probably helps us to survive if we think that the bush moving in the corner isn't just... A nice, happy bush moving in the corner, but that could be a fucking hyena. They're about to jack us. Right? That probably helps us to be a little bit more pessimistic and paranoid. So everything's geared towards evolution and what we need for survival. Now, I would think that, well, we want the best genes procreating. We want the strongest genes procreating. So the reason why we find a strong jaw really attractive, a strong jawline on males really attractive, is because that guy what comes along with a strong jaw? Well, look at our guys that have strong jaws, right? A bigger jaw probably means they're producing more testosterone, which means that not only are they going to be able to produce more sperm, have more effective offspring, but they're probably going to have bigger builds. They're probably going to have stronger builds. They're probably going to be able to be able to provide in that way, be better hunters in that way, right? That's what you see with guys with strong cut jaws. So we probably want those genes procreating and we probably don't want soft jaws. We probably don't want right on chubby cheeks procreating either. 
So I, I like, I love diving into this shit because it starts to take off the egoism of things and start to look at things, why things might be what they are. And so you look at that and you start to look at all these natural traits. And so, of course, all of the females then, they want to be around the best genes. They want to be around the best traits. So we're going to make it so that naturally just being attracted to that, that kind of like lubricates the social mechanism that if girls are already into you, if girls are already attracted to you, if girls already want to interact with you, then that would make it a lot easier and provide for a much more comfortable environment for you to start to learn social dynamics, to learn social skills. Let me reset this. And let's draw this back into a more modern example for a second. I'm not sure if any of you guys have ever experienced this and maybe more now towards my later later years, later years in life. You know, the last few years of my life, I've started to notice more and I think that's more just because I'm coming into my my own more as a young man. But, you, and so this is what I've noticed more. I definitely didn't notice this in my high school years as much or it depends on which high school years because that's what I wanted to talk about before. Uh, we will get to that, don't worry. We will get to that. But uh, it's... Just think about a more modern example is that how much easier, and some of you may not be able to relate to this, I get this, but I'm sure a lot of you will be able to relate to this. I'm sure someone out there, I'm sure all of you out there could maybe, maybe relate to this in some way, shape or form, at least once in your life, where you had a girl that was into you, where you didn't necessarily have to do anything, you weren't necessarily pulling any buttons, sorry, pulling any strings, pushing any buttons. You weren't, you weren't operating on some high level or anything. You hadn't been going out for days and days and self-cultivating your temple in this life. You just, somehow this girl was attracted to you. Now, I ask you and I implore you to go back to a time where you remember that happening, if it did in fact happen, which for, I think for a lot of guys, it, at least once it's probably happened, where a female was into you, you didn't have to do too much to do with it. And just remember how easy it was to be around her. How much easier is it to be around a girl that is already into you? Where you didn't, you, where the coldness and the ice breaking was just over. Maybe for those of you that are younger, think about it in high school when you just got, when you just happened to meet a girl. Maybe it's that, maybe it's the start of term, it's the start of class. And you're all getting, have to do the exchanging of names and you have to get three things that person likes. And then you have to talk about it afterwards, you know, ice breaking exercises, that type of stuff. And you just happen to meet a girl where you just, you just get it. Like you just click. And how easy is it to be around a girl when you have that connection? It's super fucking easy. Are you even worried about social dynamic cues in that moment? No, no, because the natural process of socializing is happening in that moment. Uh, hold up, I don't even think I cued the camera. That's fine. Anyway, forget it. Normal to sync up the mic and the camera. I normally, I normally do a clap to sync it up, but I think I completely forgot it this time. Never mind. Anyways, on the keep going, Adam. I'll I'll find a way to sync it up. You know that's that right there speaks to how socializing should be, and this is something that I really wanted to tag on here for. And I know we're diving in. We're diving into so many things because I haven't even really wrapped up all the other reasons for why. Um, the re- where did this all come back from? The stuff I'm talking about right now came back from that people that are more naturally attractive have an easier time socializing. So if you are looking around at other people around you who might be more naturally attractive and going, well, why do they have it easier than I do? Well, just for the simple fact that they are more pleasing to the eye. We give passes to those people. Look at how our society is designed. Our society is designed to give passes to people that are more physically attractive. It's 
is what it is. You can't complain about it because it doesn't change anything, as I have said many times and will continue to say for the rest of my life. So so I was going to talk about uh, how social skills were never even really a thing if you think about it on a tribal-based level. I just want to touch on this for a second because this is something that I often think about, which is like the entire realm of learning about social dynamics and even the idea of a child being brought up through this life missing social cues, not knowing how to interact with the feminine energy, not knowing how to be normal around a group of attractive females. The fact that that is now the normal, the fact that it is the normal that guys have trouble interacting with females on some level. Now, hang on here. I need to backtrack a second. Because I said before, it's not normal. But it's normal that it's not normal. Okay, I need to backtrack here for a second. What, what I'm essentially getting at here is that the fact that it's even a thing, let's just keep it at that. The fact that it's even a thing that someone in this day and age could have an issue with socializing. If you were to track back 10,000 years and you were to talk to our ancestors about that, they'd be going, what the fuck are you talking about, mate? What the fuck are you talking about? Like, we're all one tribe. We're all one community. You've known every single person in this tribe since the moment you were born. You've known everyone. You've grown up with everyone. You've had life and death experiences hunting. You've had life and death experiences battling the conditions, battling famine, battling everything. You've probably slept with maybe five, ten different girls in this tribe around your age, different things to do with that. You've probably been upraised and brought up by five or six different mothers because all mothers, because it's not even this idea, this idea of separation isn't even a thing in tribes. There is no mother and father in the sense of this is my child. This is my child. You, this, you can look at this across many different tribes, anthropological studies on many different tribes. It's the community mind and the community way of bringing things up. So the idea that a, a, a missing social set, a, a kid that is missing a social set, a social key to dynamic, it doesn't really exist. So that's why it's so foreign. And it's weird that it's becoming more and more prevalent because and now is when I can dive into my story, I guess. And I don't, there's a few other things I want to come back to as well in terms of um, uh, other reasons for why things might be a little bit tougher for you. It could even just be, oh, oh no, actually, this is it. This is it. This is the third one because we'll look at it here. What have I mentioned? I've mentioned uh, the people that you've been up, you've been brought up with. So let's just talk about your conditioning. Let's just compartmentalize that into the word conditioning from a very young age based on your environment, based on your, everything to do with that, right? So you've got conditioning. And then you've got your natural physical, uh, what's the good word for that? What's a good compartmentalization for that? Let's just say uh, your physical attributes. Let's say your physical attributes because that definitely helps with social lubrication. Then now let's look at personal choices in life. This is the big one. This is, or when I say the big one, it's the big one for me personally. Because, you know, physically when I was brought up, I, I wasn't, I was definitely, I'm not necessarily an Adonis when I was coming up. But I definitely was not uh, below average in terms of the looks department. You know, being half white, half Asian, it's not, it wasn't the worst combination of all. And I wasn't uh, d- didn't have any problems with weight, didn't have any problems with that kind of stuff. That was all right. Like, not 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 the worst looking tool in the shed. And then also with my upbringing, I had a neutral upbringing. I wouldn't say that I had a negative. Definitely wasn't negative. I definitely didn't have parents that were trying to be oppressive, that were trying to su- uh, suppress my creativity and trying to put me in a box. Wasn't any of that. My fucking up, right? And the nosedive that I talk about, 
the nosedive that I had, which I I would say roughly happened around year 10, it happened around year 10, that was personally inflicted. So this is where I want to dive in because I feel like a lot of guys would get benefit from this. On how is it that I even came to be in this position of having to be that 10 out of 100 and then even consequently, even more than that, how is it that I, Adam, got into the place of being the two out of a hundred on the street that actually had to take action to rectify the issues within his own social dynamic skill set? This is an interesting story. And the reason why this is going to be so interesting is because I don't think I've ever really explained it in this way. This is kind of like a first. So, So is that year 10? Now, this is the third thing I want to touch on here before we start to look at uh, how this all can be changed and fixed and the taking of the action. But for myself personally, the reason why, how I got to the two out of a hundred place, we'll just refer to it as that, the way that I got to that was from personal infliction. And I have talked about this part a little bit, but not so in-depthly. You know, it was, because uh, this is, it's interesting, this is probably going to blow some of your guys' minds. Maybe it won't blow your mind. I don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me. But from ages 0 to 16, so year 10 in Australia is about 16 or 17, depending on what year you're born. But yeah, yeah, I'll say that from 0 to 16, I was trending on natural. I was trending on seven, seven and upwards. So I'm just using the scale there for those of you that don't know the scale. Zero to 10, I mentioned it before. Zero to 10, 10 being the most natural of all naturals, zero being hardcore of all hard cases, five being the average dude. I was trending on natural. I never had any issues with girls. In fact, if anything, I was the type of kid that was having fake relationships in year five, right, where you know, you, I had a different girlfriend every couple of weeks. You know, it's not a real girlfriend, but you know, it's like girls that, you know, like puppy dog stuff, you know, I never had any, and actually there was a stage in primary school where I was predominantly, most of my social circle was girls, where I was hanging out with girls more and I was spending more of my time with girls. And actually some of my male friends would get pissed off because at lunch I was playing soccer with the girls or that type of stuff. You know, I never had any issues with that, uh, with in throughout primary school. And then when we got into high school with my first ever girlfriend, in high school, I was probably the most sexually advanced out of all of my friends. I had done, quote unquote, done more, not sex, everything below the border of sex, uh, coming into high school, like first year of high school, and got me into a lot of hot soup, actually. Actually ended that relationship because I couldn't get my fucking mouth shut. And so that's, that's a whole different thing. I don't even want to go down. But just moral of, the, moral of the story, if you're young in high school and you're more sexually advanced than all the people around you, just keep your mouth shut. Right, because then it fucks with the relationship and people start talking. It's, it's a weird thing. Don't get into that. So throughout the beginning of high school, and I had girlfriend girlfriend at the end of high school, sorry, at the end of primary school, going into high school, no problem. And then, and all the way through years eight, nine, and 10, no problems whatsoever. Trending on natural, no issues in the social dynamics realm. If you had told me at, at the beginning of year 10 that one day I would have gone through this journey of doing a complete nosedive, I would have one day, I would, Adam, one day you're going to go through this absolute nosedive where you're going to completely fuck your social dynamic journey, where you're going to completely lose a entire, not even in, not even a year, you're going to lose about three years of social development because of one or two choices you're about to make, and then you're going to have to go through a journey, a mind-numbing, 
a a stomach turning journey to rectify that. I would have said you're batshit crazy. Now let me just reset this camera. I would have said you're out of your fucking mind because that doesn't make any sense because I've never had any issues with socializing ever. You know, upbringing was fantastic. You know, naturally, not necessarily the ten out of ten, but I'm just I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good. And, you know, nothing to worry about, so to speak, in terms of the physical department. And you know, always really active as young, so my body was always in shape. All that stuff. Anyways, moving on. I would have said you're batshit crazy. Now, this is where I want to get to. So what was it? What was it that fucked me up and that forced me to have to go down this journey? Well, it was a two-pronged thing, and I have talked about this before. It was two-pronged. It was number one, a monogamous relationship, and number two, the health and life, the health and fitness lifestyle. Now, on the surface level, just just I want to let you guys marinate on that for just a second. How could a monogamous relationship and the health and fitness lifestyle potentially cause such a catastrophic, destructive effect on a young man's social dynamic upbringing and a young man's social dynamic formative year learning curve? How could those two things fuck up that to such a point where a guy that was trending on natural, you know, I would say seven, anywhere between six to seven out of 10 at this stage, probably even a little bit higher, probably a little bit higher, maybe, yeah, around, I would say definitely a seven, right? At this stage, because I've talked about before about how uh, I was probably when now going through the journey. So you, you'll see, actually, this would be cool to see that how many points I drop as I start to go through what I'm about to explain here. But pre all of the issues, yeah, around about a seven. So trending on natural. And for me, a seven and above is a natural to me on the scale of uh, zero to 10. So how could those two things, just think about it for a second, monogamous relationship, health and fitness lifestyle. At age of 16, why would those two things potentially fuck someone up? Now, let me just, now, now you've had some time to think about it. Maybe you've got some ideas. Maybe you've got some things. Let me spell it out for you because it's not what you think it is. And it, and I want to dispel any ideas of any young guys listening to this thinking that, oh, I should stay away from health and fitness. Oh, I should stay away from monogamous relationships entirely. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm going to be saying here. That's not what I'm saying here. It was my personal choices and my personal decisions around those two things. They were really just the, they were the, I was going to say conduit. They, they were just the, you know, the wrapping paper. It's still not the right thing I'm looking for. They were the rivers. They were the rivers I went down, but make no mistake, I was the one paddling the boat. Right? I was the one paddling the goddamn canoe. It was my paddling that took me down those rivers. The rivers on their own are as they are. Monogamous, monogamous relationships are what they are. Health and fitness lifestyle, it is what it is. It was the way that I approached them and the way that I came to them that caused catastrophic just to the point of where a guy that was natural and had no issues with social dynamics was now forced to go down a journey of, well, fuck, I don't know anything about social dynamics. I don't know anything about meeting girls and I now have to go learn this. That's how my choices, which I'm about to lay out, led me down. So let me break it down with a monogamous relationship. So at 16, got into a monogamous relationship uh, with a great girl, nothing on her, nothing on her. Shout out to B if you listen to this. Uh, I doubt she is, but she could be. Uh, you know, we had a, you know, it was, and this is nothing on her. It had nothing to do with her if she's listening to this. Uh, and for those of you listening as well, it had nothing to do with her. It was 100% my choice to do this. When I got into this monogamous relationship, and I have talked about this before, but I need to lay it out now because I built it up so much. What else happens at age 16 for kids in Australia? Oh, parties. Parties. It's the first time 
real parties start to happen where there's that one kind of like edgy kid. There's that one kid who's maybe he's got like broken up parents and his dad just lets him do whatever the fuck he wants. And that kid gets to have the house party. That kid, because his dad just doesn't give a fuck, allows him to have a hundred kids come over on a Saturday night and bring their juice, right? Bring their juice in these goon bags, right? You know, the, that's the kid. That's what tends to happen around 16. And so that's when these house parties start happening for the first time. Now, what does old Adam do? What does old Adam do? Well, he gets in a monogamous relationship. Now, like I said before, getting in a monogamous relationship, I learned some. St- I learned much. I learned a lot through that. However, what I did was fucked up. What I did was now looking back, admittedly fucked up. I started to turn down these invitations to go to these house parties. I said, no. I said, no, I'm good with my girlfriend. I'm going to stay with my girlfriend on Friday, Saturday night. And what's interesting about it is that my girl was going out. Like my girl was going out to these raves, these underage raves. She was going out. She was uh, going out to house parties. She was doing, what did I do? I said, no. I said, I'm good with the girlfriend. Now, why did I do that? Because it was fucking comfortable. Now, this speaks to a much bigger issue with older guys now. Now, shouting out to those of you that are in your 20s, those of you that are in your 30s, raise your hands. Raise your hands if this sounds familiar, that when you get a monogamous relationship, you start to chill. You start to turn down invitations to potentially uncomfortable situations, to new events, to new people, because you've got this nice, comfortable thing here, this nice, comfortable girlfriend at home. Right, so that's what I was doing at age 16. I was, and what's so important about this to really drive the lesson home is that this is the first time that cold approach is being offered to me. Now, it's not even real cold approach. It's, it's semi, it's lukewarm approach, right? It's the first time where you have this opportunity to go to a social event where there will be girls that you do not go to your school. Because, you know, like for, for the girls, like you get to see these girls every day at high school, that's nothing. You're being, you know, girls from parties from primary school, you know people there is different. But at these house parties where you've got 80 to 100 people going, you've got girls from private schools, you've got girls from schools you didn't even know existed, you've got girls from out of town that might be visiting, just opportunities, so many opportunities to be meeting these girls that you had no idea existed, right? And you're passing that up. I passed that up to stay at home with my girlfriend. Now, again, look at it here. It's not the monogamous relationship that was the issue because my partner within that monogamous relationship was making the opposite choices of me and she didn't get fucked up. She was well socially adjusted going forward after that, right? I was the one that got fucked up because I decided not to go out and my my friends got really angry at me as they should have. My friends will would call me up at 12 a.m., 1 a.m. on Saturday night, right, saying to me, like, Adam, come down to this party. Come down to Oz. It's fucking crazy. You should come. They're all on the phone, like, because by all adjustments and by all measurements of who they think I am, they think I'm a really social person. They think, well, Adam's got a girlfriend. Adam's, like, super social at school, so why isn't he coming to this party? What the fuck's wrong with him, Right. And it's just like, I just, that only forced me to dig my heels in deeper. I'm like, no, fuck that. Fuck that. Because it's like, I wanted to, I'm like, I'd fuck this social pressure. Fuck this social pressure of having to go to these parties. I'm just going to stay at home with my girlfriend. And that was my personality at the time. It wasn't very objective. It was very emotional. And I made huge mistakes. So lesson in course here, 
at a young age, I turned down all the opportunities from ages 16, 17, and 18, which are the first opportunities to meet girls outside of your own social circle, which you're already comfortable within. So what am I missing there? What am I missing there? I'm missing the very first opportunities to convey direct intent to girls that I don't already know. And if for the, any of you that have listened to any of my content, you know that is the number one thing when it comes to the relationship dynamic between the masculine and the feminine, the relaying of intent, right? What do I feel and what do I do? Do I feel that this girl is blowing my mind right now and do I act upon that or do I not? Do I suppress that and do I back down from that? Being forced, be, being presented with 10, 15, 20, 30 different girls that might incite those feelings within you and you have to deal with those emotions and deal with, mm, do I go speak to this girl? Do I not go speak to this girl? Do I even just kind of baby step and get my friend who I know maybe does know those guys and get him to kind of shoeball me, handball me in there? And maybe I, that's how I start getting talking to these girls at this house party. And then maybe the next house party, I can start to go up to girls on my own and, and just kiss this progression, this progression, this progression. I missed out on all that. So straight out the window, already you can see a big part of my social dynamic skill set is missing in that I just don't know how to interact with girls that I don't know, right? Which I don't get through through normal everyday life. So if I'm not going to these parties, that's out, that's out. So you can see, oh, why does Adam have problems uh, when this relationship ends now, when this relationship ends 10 months later with this girl? Why is it that I have a real hard time with interacting with the hot girls in my school now? And why is it that even though I never had an issue, why is it that leading up to year 10, I never had any issue interacting with attractive girls Then when I take a siesta, a three-year siesta, year 10, year 11, year 12? And why is it that when that relationship ended and that I just continued down these ways throughout all those years that I find it really hard to operate with attractive girls? Well, there's a big one. There's a big one that I stopped well, never even started, never even started the process of learning what it meant to be put in front of girls that I don't know. That is such a big thing. It's such a big thing. For It's based on the way our society operates anyway. It wouldn't have been a problem based on tribal sense. Like if you went back to tri- tribal days, wouldn't have been an issue because the, the idea of you not knowing someone in your tribe is alien. That doesn't make sense. But in this day and age, that's how our society works. Our societies are so big now, we are constantly being put in environments where we don't know people. And like, do you step up or you do back? Do you back up? Do you step up or you do you back up? What is your training be? What is your conditioning be? Well, for me, my conditioning was I back up. When I see attractive girls in a, in a big room, a whole bunch of people I don't know, I back the fuck up because I don't know what to do because I have not been put in that situation. That's that is like the big first key. That's the big first key that I that I look at and go fuck. I fucked up big time there. And then if I ever have a son, hell no. Hell no, if I ever have a son, shit, shit, I'm, I'm, I'm sneaking him into clubs. I'm, pa- I'm, paying off, I'm paying off the promoter when getting into clubs from 15 years old. <laughs> if he's uh, skipping up on house parties, I'm like, that's his punishment. That's my son's punishment. If my son turns down a house party, hey man, you're not getting grounded, you're going out, right? We're taking you out. <laughs> Let me reset this camera. It's like if I notice my son's being too introverted, and I mean like too introverted to the point where I know he's affecting his social skill set. It's like, hey, man, this is your punishment. We're going out. We're going to meet 10 girls on the street today. That's what my child's upbringing is going to be like. It's going to be like, we're going to make sure. Because where does that come from? I don't want anyone, especially not my son, to go down this path that I had to go down. 
because by all accounts, I should not have had to go down to the camp. Now, Adam, are you upset about that? Do you regret that? Fuck no. Fuck no, because that's why I'm in this position now. That's why I'm able to sit in this position and be able to break down exactly where I went wrong, how I went wrong, and what I would not do again. So you might say, but Adam, but if you're always going to these house parties and you're going to slide in other areas, yeah, but let me say this right now. If you gave me a choice between having a well-rounded, fully well-rounded skill set coming out of high school, social skill set coming out of high school, versus having a well-rounded body and academic mind coming out of high school, I'll take the social skills at any day. I would rather drop a few points in the physical realm, drop a few points in the academic realm, you know, slide on a few tests, slide on a few assignments, because that's where I went. I went down that realm. I did not skip a fucking meal. I did not skip a fucking gym session during those year 10, year 11, year 12 uh, years, because that, and I'm going to talk about the health and wellness in a, while, in a, in a second, right? You know, Adam, skip going to the gym on Saturday, on Sunday morning so that you can go out Saturday night. Do that, because that is going to allow you to develop a much more important part of your skill set in the grand scheme of life, because life is interaction. Life is human being interaction. It doesn't, ma- it doesn't mean shit if you've got the smartest mind and the, and the jackedest body and the fittest body if you can't speak to human beings. If you can't speak to human beings, if you can't interact with people, then you're, you're fucked. Right? You're fucked in the sense that you've got so much work to do. Right? I can teach, I can teach a... Let us reverse. Let me, actually, I want to go back down. I want to reverse that. It is much easier to teach a... A overweight, you know, an overweight, smart kid, right? An overweight, smart kid, right? I can teach that guy how later on, now after being a personal trainer now, I can teach that guy how to get his body right and he can study, right? He can do that any other time. But to teach to teach a guy that actually I kind of mixed I mixed the two different variables there. Let's just go even harder. Let's just say, say like you are athletically super, super gifted and that you've been so hard on the health and wellness. And you've also been studying your ass off. So not only are you psychologically there, not only are you physically there, right? You've got both of those things. I can teach. You can, no, no, I'm mixing it up. Go back in the reverse. Someone who doesn't have any of that, that's the one. You're going to go in reverse that. I'm sorry if I'm messing your guys, your minds around. I'm just messing my own analogies around. Say you have got got none of that, then... It's very, very easy to teach you that, guys, that stuff compared to social dynamics. But if you are the athletic and super smart, but you skipped out on social dynamics, it is fucking hard to teach you social dynamics. I'm not going to lie. I do this as a job. I do this as a full-time. I do this as 24-7. I, do, I spend all my time doing this, and I cannot express to you enough how much harder it is to learn how to interact with a female than it is to learn a roundhouse kick. I cannot express to you guys enough how much harder it is to be able to go up to a group of five, six really attractive girls and just be normal. If you didn't already know how to do that, if you didn't know how to do that versus learning how to eat right, it is so much easier to be able to see a girl, right? Sorry, versus reverse that, to be able to sit down listen to podcasts, to study psychology, to study, to go to college courses, to go to uni. It is so much easier to be taught those things than to go up to a group of five, six attractive girls and be normal with them. I'm not, I'm not, it's, it's like, it's not even like a comparison. I was missing out the analogies before, so my apologies, but now I'm, now I'm nailing it down. I'm trying to, and hopefully you guys can see what I'm saying here, which is that 
I would much rather my high school version of myself, I would much rather my son skip a couple tests, let a few assignments slide, you know, now that's on the school side of things. Now look at your health and wellness. This is the other thing I wanted to talk about because this is the other thing that fucked me up. At age 16, I got super into the gym. I got super into health and wellness and I was always into, I was always very active, but I mean like meal prep. I mean like weighing myself every day. I mean like watching pumping iron. I mean like scheduled workouts, buying muscle development, buying Iron Man, getting all their workouts, spending three hours in the gym every day as a 16 year old can do. And just, just you know, get, getting to bed at 8.30 every night, waking up at 5 in the morning to go run every single morning. All that shit, right? And then more importantly, not going out because I had gym the next day. And I mentioned this before. You know, it's like, that's, that's the other thing that fucked me up when you look at it. It's the monogamous relationship, which gave me the comfortability, which I said I would rather be comfortable just staying at home with my humbug, right? That's what I'd rather do. And then the other thing was that also, oh, and also, you know what else, man? You know, you know what else, Ollie? You know what else, Arif? Why I can't come out tonight? There's some of the, some throwback names. Shout out to them if they're listening. Oh, because I've also got gym tomorrow morning. And you know what? If I go out tonight and I get a shitty sleep, my strength's going to be down. I'm not going to be able to lift as heavy. I'm not going to be able to run as hard. I'm not going to be able to stretch as well. You know? And that's true. It is true. Uh, don't give me a, a night's, a, a lost night of sleep will fuck your body up. It will fuck your mind up. Go listen to Matthew Walker on Joe Rogan's podcast, Sleep Expert. That will blow your fucking mind, right? And his book, one of my other mates has just read his book after having listened to that podcast. That book will blow your mind on sleep and how important sleep is to the human body. So I'm, I'm not saying that it's like that. Just, just, just the negative benefits won't be there. No, they will be there. Sorry, negative benefits. The negative effects won't be there. They will be there. However, what is more important what is more important to a 16-year-old? Going out on a Saturday night to learn and to to actually, not even just learn, but to actually install the software of social dynamics, which are so crucial and going to be so key for his romantic development, for his interactions with just human beings in general throughout the rest of his life versus, yes, maybe a shitty session at the gym the next morning or maybe not even getting to the gym the next morning because he's hungover or because he's just hungover from sleep deprivation. But he spent all night talking to girls he didn't know, speaking to girls that he didn't know, maybe making out with a few girls, maybe having sex with, some, with a few different girls, you know, having a good time, maybe learning what it means to be around other natural dudes, be, get into social circles with other natural dudes because that's where the other natural dudes are hanging out. And then you meet other, natu- you meet other girls that they're hanging out with. That, that That is so much more important at that age. And then for the other six days of the week, and it's not like these house parties are happening every week. It's not like they're happening every week. It probably happens once a month. Maybe it happens once every term. But it's when you pass up on them, and that's what I was doing, you miss, that's where the major holes for myself came from. For myself, that's where I came from. And because I know I fucked the analogies before, I just want to point this out again, just in case you didn't quite get it. Learning academics, Getting your health and your health and fitness and your health and wellness right, those things, those things are so much easier than learning social dynamics. They just are. They just are. If you missed out on social dynamics, if you missed out on that, that I'm not talking about if you already have a good social skill set, if you already were, you know, an average guy and above, you know, then it might then maybe getting jacked and getting shredded, then maybe you know, getting a degree or, or learning psychology or that kind of stuff, then maybe those things are slightly more difficult. 
But nah, even then, nah, even then, I've had the, the natural, the most natural guys try and learn cold approach. They fucking struggle. They're not as not as much as hard cases, of course, but they still struggle. So it's still one of the hardest things. And I, the reason why I feel like it's the hard, one of the hardest things is because it's a creeper. It's something that just day by day slips away from you, and your your conditioning just gets more and more deeply laid your roots get drier your roots dry up and your ways of doing things just get harder and firmer and firmer sort of break out of that and to try something new and to become more expressive and to to convey your direct intent to a woman and to be normal around attractive girls that shit it's just very fucking hard to learn if you didn't already have that installed so let me re- let me let me simmer down here for a second so let me just play this back so you look at me from year 10 Get this monogamous relationship, get straight into health and wealth, health and wellness. That shuts me down. Well, in terms of that, it, that doesn't shut me down. I shut myself down doing that from all social expression, from all social parties. I miss out on all of his experiences. So that's why a kid that was seemingly trending, not seemingly, but just trending on a more natural end, right? So this is the real thing here. Let's get real here. If I never did those two things, now, you can never really go back and do this because of the butterfly effect. If you change one thing, you don't know. You could, the, the entire world could end. You don't know. But let's just say, all other things being equal, if I just started going out to these house parties once every fortnight, once every month, right, and that me and my girlfriend started doing some more adventurous shit, we didn't just stay at home, and that I didn't let my health and wellness get in the way of going out. And that I didn't let that shit be an excuse to not go out. If you take those few things and say that those things didn't happen, we're probably not having this conversation. <sighs> let that sit. Let that sit. We're not having this channel. We're not having these boot camps. We're not having all these guys that have been helped through boot camps and Skype and you know having that ebook. You know having this these two hundred plus videos on this channel. You know having this journey. Because I, I, would have, I never would have had to. I never would have had an issue with my own. Because that's why I do what I do. I do what I do. I make this podcast because of how I fucked up. Because of the mistakes that I made. Because of how, when I did begin the journey of learning about social dynamics and how even that wasn't enough because I spent two years wasted. I wasted two years in the journey thinking that, oh, going out and getting a girl's number is enough. No, it's not enough. You've got to be able to keep progressing. You've got to keep progressing because numbers don't mean shit. You've got to be going on dates. You've got to be getting bringing girls into your life. You've got to be getting going full length. You've got to be going full length with this shit. Right? So I made mistakes even that. I just kept making mistakes. It's like, fuck, I was just the biggest fuck up, right? One of the biggest fuck ups you can think about. But it's really powerful to think about that we're not having this conversation if I didn't get bogged down in monogamy and treat it the way I treated it. Because monogamy on its own is at that age, I'm not going to argue whether this, that's a different issue, right? It's how I treated it. Let me reset this camp. You take away the getting so bogged down in the health and passing out parties because I didn't want to be ruined for the next day. You know, all that shit. If, we, if you take that away, we're just not having this conversation. And that's, it's quite interesting when you think about it. And so you might, you, the number one question is, well, would you, Adam? Would you? Well, now, no, because of the amount of guys I've been able to help. Because of the messages I get through email, through the DMs that I get, through the guys that send me the videos, through the guys that come on bootcamp, through the guys that just tell me that some way or shape or form, some piece of my content was able to help them on their journey, it's some of the most fulfilling shit in the world. So of course, I'll never take it back. But for those of you listening, please, please look at the mistakes that I made. 
please look at how I monumentally fucked up and don't make the same mistakes I made. Um, you got your own mistakes to make, just don't make the same that I made, you know, because you've heard it now. You've heard it now. So when we tag back to the, even the start of this potter, holy shit. Why do some people have it easier than you, right? For many reasons, for many reasons, for reasons beyond your control, most likely, most likely. But for those of you that were as silly as I was, for those of you that were as downright stupid as I was, for reasons within your control as well. So there you go. There you go. Now, I know I said we weren't going to speak on, I guess because we went to stories, that's why this potter has gone for so long. But I was, I thought when I was going to do this potter, I thought I was going to spend more time talking about you know, what it really means. Because I guess that's how we're going to finish here. What does all this mean now? Like for, for you, Jeffrey, for you, Steve-o, for you fucking Jimbo out there listening, going, okay, Adam, what now? So you laid it out. You laid it out for me as to why things are harder for me. Why thing, And I haven't even laid out all of it. I've just laid out a few key things, right? right? Your social upbringing, your conditioning, physical, natural set points, and personal decisions you made. Those are just the three biggest things I can see, but there are probably a million other things as well. But now what? Now what? And now? And what do I say to guys and now? What would I say to... Imagine it was Adam coming to Adam. Imagine it was now Adam having gone through those three years of social deprivation, self-inflicted, of course, coming to 25-year-old, almost 25-year-old Adam now and saying, yo... I need to change shit up. This is what's happened. I need to, what, what happens now? What do we do now? Well, here's what I'm saying to him now. I'm saying, well, listen, you fucked up. Is what it is. You fucked up. You made mistakes. This is exactly where you went wrong. Do you want to change? Now, based on his response is how we will do. If I get a firm yes from him saying, yes, I want to change. Yes, I want to change things around. That's why I've come to you. And then I'm going to go, okay, let's do that. And now what are we going to do? Well, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to do, you're going to have to first off self-acknowledge the fact that you have work to do, that this is not going to be an easy process, that this is not going to be an overnight process. This is not going to be a 10 minute journey. This is going to be a 10 year fucking journey. This is going to require the best of you. This is because this is not like having to pick up, maybe you dropped a few years of guitar and you get to pick up the guitar again. This is not like learning to eat right and learning to train right. This is not like learning what two plus two equals. No, this is learning how to manage your psychological state in front of an attractive woman and attract people and people in general. The hardest shit that should have been hardwired but was not hardwired for you, right? So please acknowledge that this is going to be probably the hardest thing you've ever had to do, all right? Let's just say that. It's probably going to be the hardest thing you ever had to do. If you can acknowledge that, boom, that's probably most of it. That's probably 80% of the journey. For most guys, most guys just can't acknowledge that. They can't acknowledge that there's a lot of work to be done. And what does that really mean? Oh, this is not going to take one day. This is not going to be done in 10 days. This is not going to be done in a year for some guys. For some guys, this may well take upwards, uh, up to 10 years. I haven't seen anyone that requires more than 10 years yet. I'll update you guys when I meet someone that needed more than 10 years of development to get them to a normal state. But... You know, it's going to anywhere between zero to 10, zero to 10 years. Def, I would say a minimum of one for most guys. Probably need a year of development at least, depending on how natural they are. You know, it's going to be anywhere between that one to 10 year we're looking at here. So self-acknowledge, this is going to be a, a fucking shit fight to get you to develop these new skills. Okay, we acknowledge that. What's next? Uh, action. 
Uh, how about, well, you missed out on what it means to convey masculine intent between the masculine and feminine beings. That is such a huge thing. You'll never be able to have natural sex. You'll never be able to have a natural connection emotionally, physically with a woman until you can nail that shit. Until you can feel the masculine intent within you and step up to a girl and say, this is what it is. Have her respond to you with her feminine intent. So We don't even talk about that that much, but some guys just get fucked up when they feel a girl's feminine intent come on and that scares the fuck out of them and that causes them to get needy. That causes them to start getting risk adverse with girls and start getting them to start to push girls away because holy shit, I feel like this girl's like this girl's super into me right now. I don't know how to I don't know how to receive this. I'm out. I'm fucking out, right? So guys are like that. I know I've had a lot of clients like that. So we're gonna have to acknowledge that. so there's that. So what we're gonna have to do is that we're gonna have to take action to get you used to that now. Oh, what does that look like? Oh well, first off, let's get you going out for 30 days in a row. Let's get you going out every single day in a row to make up for all that time you missed, to make up for all that shit you missed in your skill set. Okay, we're going to do that. Now, what's going to happen after that? Oh, we're going to see where you're at after 30 days because that's like an analysis. That's like that's like a diagnosis of where we need to do work afterwards based on how fucked up you are. Okay, so we're going to do that. And then we're just going to be player by year after that. We're just going to step by step, where do we need to fix things? Where do we need to work on things? And just constant action going out, meeting people, and not just meeting people, but going home, self-reflecting, journal, coach, breaking it down, sound minds. Let's look at what type of shit we need to be learning right now. Not enough just to be going out and meeting 100 people a day. You need to go back and look at, well, how was it when I was meeting those 100 people a day? What did I learn from that? What will I improve upon that? And look what I'm going into here right here, guys. This is the journey. This is the fucking journey. And if you don't like it, if you don't like that it's going to take you so much work to be able to rectify these issues within your social dynamic skill set, well, then fuck you, right? Fuck you because it doesn't, it doesn't mean shit because nothing changes unless you do. Nothing changes unless you do. If you aren't willing to put in this level of work, then you should not be expecting that level of result. You should not be expecting results when you aren't willing to put in the work and that's how it is. And actually in this journey, it's even worse than that. In this journey, the fruits are delayed, right? There is no instant gratification in this journey because you might think that, oh, getting a good reaction from a girl, that's instant gratification. But then the next five girls you meet might be complete cold blow-offs, right? And then that'll, that'll put you right back to square one. That'll square you up straight up, son. So there is no instant gratification. The, univ- uh, the journey, I should say, always has a way of keeping your ego in check. And so that's what I'm saying to you guys right now. And that's how I want to wrap up, which is that, yeah, okay, things are tough. Things are hard for you. Okay, I get it. You get it. That's cool. It doesn't mean anything, though. It doesn't change anything. You can sit there and complain about all of life's circumstances all you want, but it does not mean shit for your life. It doesn't change shit. You will still be living the same life tomorrow morning. You'll still be raking the leaves and painting the fence tomorrow. Right? If you want to be if you want to be raking different leaves, painting a different fence tomorrow, then you need to do something different. You need to take that action I was talking about. You need to go down the journey that I've described because I don't see any other way of doing it. Until some magical drug that comes out that can, or some type of therapy that allows you to install the type of social dynamic skill sets I've been talking about in a, either a pill form or a shock form or a a microchip form that just gives you the social skill sets that you need. Until we have that, there is only one way I know of doing this, and that is actually going out and meeting people. 
that is actually going out and having real-world social interactions. And not just that, but breaking them down, reflecting on them, looking at what you can improve. And that's why I'm going to wrap this up. That's why I'm going to wrap this up. It's interesting. We took this potter in a completely different line of thinking that I thought we would. I thought it was going to be a potter more on what I've just spent the last 10 minutes on, not on the other stuff. But we went down so, so many tangents popped up. So many things popped up, which I just did not expect pop up. And that, that is the potter in essence. That's why we sit down and we sit down here for another, uh, you know, what's coming up like an hour and 10 or an hour and 15 or whatever. So, you know what, guys? That's it. That's it. That's all I can say. I can, all I can really say to you guys, please, please self-acknowledge the work that needs to be done. Thanks very much for listening, guys. If you enjoyed the potter, hey, drop a thumbs up down below. Slide me a DM on Instagram. Follow me up on Instagram at Uitang1. That's double Tang one uh, Facebook is at the Adam Ui. And uh, hit up the website if you want. Dive deeper with me. There's three different ways of doing that. Ebook, Crash Course to Kick-Ass Day Game. Uh, short action guide on day game. That's all, that's all it is. Not meant to be read. It's meant to be taken in concert with copious amounts of action. Use it as a guide. That's on the uh, website. Book one-on-one Skype calls. I love that. We'll dive deeper. You know, infield breakdowns, all that stuff. It's all available on the website, bulldozer.com. Booking boot camps, serious inquiries only, big ticket, investment in your life type shit. Booking that on the website, bulldozer.com. And that's where I'm going to leave you guys. If you have suggestions for potos, if you have suggestions for ideas, concepts, stories, things that you want to get deeper on, as you can see, we go into that shit here. Then uh, slide me that DM on Instagram, drop me the comment down below. Whatever you want, however you want to do it, we'll get it. So. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on the journey with me. And I'll catch you guys real soon. Much peace and much joy. Ciao.